Right, before we um, go back into our little fucking chat, mate, yeah. welcome to the Granite Zero podcast, Danny. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's no problem, mate. It's no problem. Oh. Oh. So, South London. Yeah, do you know it? I, I, I used to work in and around South London um, as part of um, Loomis, which is the cash and transit stuff. The guys that carry the fucking box wearing the helmets. Have you that. done that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I went from basically uh, in the military, then uh, came out, did security up at Waitrose for a bit, and then uh, I took that one. Yeah, it's tricky around there. Oh, yeah. Luckily, I never got uh, I got never got raided, but a few of me uh, pals got shotguns to the face and all sorts. Get told basically, just take the box. They never when they open it and they're winking it and stuff. Yeah. yeah. You also need the um, the two fobs. This is me telling everyone. <laughs> they I, they carry I, two fobs. Yeah, yeah, I've not robbed any by the way. I've done it. Yeah. Well, I was I was going to say it must be because um, obviously you hear a lot of stories and you see all the different TV shows and that yeah. about South London. Well, I grew up in Hereford, which couldn't be Hertfordshire. No, Hereford is up in um, West Country sort of area, oh, okay. near, near Wales. Right. Um, it couldn't be any different to like mm. down here, well, down here, in, in fact, and, and, and in London. Like my missus always says to me, she's like, you guys are so like backwards and like behind everything. Mm. So I was like, what do you mean? She went what, like, even down to like styles and things like that. Like people started walking around wearing skinny jeans and that. It's yeah. like, I, I, I've never been able to wear that sort of shit anyway. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's just mad. Like from down to like fucking hair, hairdos and that. Yeah. One, of me, one of me pals was from um, Basildon and he came to visit when I was a kid. Mm. And he was wearing like those Nike TN hats when they were fucking cool. Don't fit me, mate. It's yeah. too big. <laughs> I wanted one. Yeah. But he would like rock up and like, be a proper chavvy, like, and they. <laughs> I was like, "What are you doing wearing yeah. that?" And all the lads from where I'm not, they're like, "Fashion was a big thing." Yeah, fashion was definitely a big thing. Yeah, you don't get that in Hereford. There's no, no. fashionable people in Hereford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My brother's probably the most fashionable person I know, and he's stepped out of that now. <laughs> yeah, growing up, growing up, there was um. I don't know what perception you've got of it. You see, you see a lot of TV. Yeah, you see a lot because it's. Well, from from what I what, what I gathered, like it's a bit naughty. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose you get that. You get rough areas, and it's everywhere, isn't it? I think it just depends, like what kind of person you are, and what choices you make. Um, I wasn't one of them people. Yeah, grew up with um, people that was and that wasn't. Um, it can be testing growing up where I grew up, but. I can make one decision or the other. Yeah. I think it's harder nowadays for kids growing up where I grew up because they don't have as many opportunities for um, development. So a lot of the youth clubs and stuff are yeah. taken away. Um, I think it's, it's harder now. But yeah, a lot of some of the things you see on TV are quite um, realistic. I, I think the most realistic I'd seen was a, a first season or two of Top Boy. Yeah. I like Top Boy. Yeah, that's um a lot of that was very realistic. But that wasn't like I lived, but people yeah. around me did. I had a stable upbringing. It's, it's one of those, and it's the choices you make as well. It's the choices, I think it's the choices you make. Um, I think it's the opportunities you, you have, or people who can help with your development coming up as a kid. I didn't realise until I was an adult that the community leaders <clears throat> who run the, we call them adventure playgrounds, you yeah, know yeah. they are. Yeah, so it's like yeah. a youth club with swings and yeah, shit like that. Yeah. They they even played a you know, and I had a very stable upbringing, but they played a lot of played a role in my in my development because you, you I don't know, I think sometimes external people outside your home can help. Yeah, definitely. But like essentially, them them youth clubs and stuff are gone now. So a lot of the kids, especially where I grew up, which is I think it might be actually the capital of life crime now. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in Kennington. So I grew up between Yellowfin Castle and Brixton. Yeah. Kennington is bang in the middle and it's really bad there now. Yeah, I did a few um, different jobs around Elephant Castle. Mm. Um, before the job that I do now, I did uh, surveillance for um, benefit sheets and um, okay. insurance fraud. Yeah, so yeah. I'd go out and I'd hide in a van and record yeah, yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I used to feel quite 
unsafe at times because I'm I, I was driving a um like a like a white van basically yeah and you have that parked up and yeah. anywhere really people are going to try and yeah, yeah. test their luck because yeah. I've had it even literally when I lived in the old house someone tried to break in and steal fucking tools out of it I ain't got any tools in there what I've got in there is yeah. a big fucking five litre jug of piss because I can't because <laughs> I can't get out and take a piss anyway so I've got a piss in the jug <laughs> yeah so he, he was in for a bit of a shock when he opened that but mm. yeah it's but it it, it, it it was all right, you know. Yeah, I survived. I yeah. mean, went to school in Bermondsey, grew up in Kennington. I'm still, you know, I'm still there every day for work. But yeah, it's testing. Yeah, I'll tell, tell you what you said about the youth like systems and then and clubs and things like that. That that does help mould kids, especially like today. Yeah, massively. Like, um, me and my brother, like, we didn't have a youth club per se. We'd go off and we'd play football. That was our thing. Yeah. We'd, we'd be part of the youth football team and things like that. And then, yeah. and then you'd go like that. And I suppose mm. even now with your job now with uh, with, boxing. with the boxing, that's, yeah, a, that's yeah. a massive thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. And um, you, get a lot of, you get a lot of kids who just turn up in the mm. gym a bit lost. I, I'll help them, you know, yeah. on how to do and at the gym that I'm at, Miguel's, they they help loads of kids. But um, apart from the boxing gym or boxing gyms, I mean, there isn't many in London, actually. There's a few, but um, these kids have not really got the resources or the outlets they need because a lot of them are, you know, they might have broken homes or problems at home, yeah. go to school. After that, they're just running wild. But yeah, boxing definitely helps a lot of kids. A lot. Yeah, because I, I always said like to a few of my pals and that they've got like especially boys like they've got a lot of energy yeah and yeah. so a lot of the time they don't know what to do with it mm. and they might not like football or anything like that so mm. i've always been quite passionate about getting them in involved in any sort of combat sport yeah yeah whether it's jujitsu yeah. taekwondo anything like that because yeah, it takes good. a focus and not only that combat sports as a whole it's the discipline yeah because you have to be disciplined otherwise you're going to get your head kicked off yeah <laughs> you find that out really quick especially yeah. in, especially in boxing you know um people who last are the ones that you know understand discipline like only for some that... right so how we started boxing oh yeah yeah so i was saying about how i wish me old man sort of pushed me into sort of into boxing um, but he never did. It wasn't until I went to the Air Force that I was like, well, I can actually, oh, yeah, yeah. I can actually do that now. Yeah. I'll see you boxing in the army. I boxed uh, for the Air Force, yeah, for um, a couple of years. I had one, um, I was supposed to go to the, the, there's a Lord Wakefield's tournament is the big Air Force tournament. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, um, the missus had a, had a miscarriage. So That's right, that, 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 that yeah. took priority. Yeah. So I, I didn't fight then. And um, <laughs> the fight I did have was in, in Bolton against a lad that was a good 6'3", I'd say. Bearing in mind, I'm only 5'6". <laughs> and he would have been... Did you win? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wasn't in fight shape when I got there either. And they went, well, Tomo, you've got to fight. We've told you you're fighting. You're fighting. Mm. And I was like, okay, what weight are you at? And I was like, fuck. As long as I was way up there, I was yeah, about. Yeah. Bear in mind, in the air force, the heaviest I got to would have been about eighty-six kilos, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I've always been quite stocky, yeah, so yeah. usually I'd get down to about seventy-five. I think that's well weight, I think, or middleweight. Yeah, in amateurs. Yeah. And they went, sorry, sorry, Tom, mate, you're going to have to fight at like heavyweight. I was like, brilliant. Mm. <laughs> I was doing all right. First, first round, second round, I was doing all right, and then he caught me with a. Fucking huge overhand right on the top of the head. Did you know it happened? My legs completely went, yeah. And then I was like, I could hear my coaches saying, Tom, no, get up. I was like, my legs aren't letting me get up. Yeah, I ain't getting up. Gone, yeah. I was I was gone and the referee came over and stopped it. And then yeah. and then that was that until I did the white collar boxing, which I'll um, get your take on these things in a minute. Because mm. um, yeah. when, when I did the white collar, fucking loved it. I watched a documentary on it afterwards and I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense why that probably shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Um, I didn't have much of a boxing career. I was on the amateur circuit very briefly and then 
um, it was the opportunity to be a pro. Yeah. And my mum and dad. Nah, not having it. <laughs> nah, I mean, it, my mum my and dad have been married 40 years. Hmm. I think that's the only time I think it was like, oh. And that kind of just put a stop to it for me, seeing them argue about it. And, yeah. You know, because I was in the gym every day with a guy called John Rooney. He's a very well-known trainer in London. So that, you know, on the cards to happen, then it stopped, and then boxing was kind of put on the shelf. Yeah. But it was always around me because my dad was, I don't want to say the first, but probably one of the first persons to promote white-collar boxing. Oh, right, yeah. But he also done dinner shows. So he, done, he was promoting pro boxing and white-collar, a merger of the two. So mm. I, just, I had that around me. I carried on training. Um. But that, that was kind of it. But, but how I got into it was through my dad. I remember he brought me to the Peacock Gym in Canning Town, which is not South London. <laughs> and he didn't really say it was weird. I remember just going there. Yeah, so I, I, to, to, I, I told you, to, I should have said this first. I was fine. <laughs> That's all good. I'm not used to talking about myself. No, don't worry about it. How I started was going to the Peacock. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I, I, as I think about it now, strange. Just went in there with him, but he's just like didn't really say much. Just brought me. Yeah, and he was training, and I remember I sparred with oh, Lester Jacobs. He was a pro boxer. It was his son? I know Lester. that name. Yeah, it's his son, and I got him his son. He beat me up. Yeah, tumbling in it. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. I, I found it so strange. I used to love like especially with the Air Force, um, when we were going through proper training days. Mm. I'd love it. And I'd get my fucking head kicked in most of the time. You get a buzz from it. And it's, it's like, like oh, oh, next time I'll be able to get him. I, could, he, I could hear, though. Like, when, you know, I've done all right. He, yeah. he, I remember he winded me. I was like, fuck, that ain't very nice. Yeah. But you could hear people talking, because there was quite a few people watching a spot. And cool. um, after that, I had a real addiction for it. Mm. I'm a bit of an introvert. And I, I was comfortable in a boxing gym. Yeah. While all my mates played football, doing what I was doing, I, I was just comfortable there. But then, like I said, the, the amateur circuit was only so far. And then you know, I looked at being a pro, but yeah, no. And then it come to where I was saying to you, like, kind of an end. Just yeah, shelved yeah. it. Didn't want to see my dad. Like, back burner. Yeah. yeah, and my dad was still doing promotions and this and that. So it was been around me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was kind of my entry into it. And I'd, I've always had boxing throughout, no matter what I've done near, even if that's helping fighters get sponsorships or... I mean, I, I coached in the background for years. I'm not actually somebody... I mean, it might it might look completely like contradictory to like social media, but I hate all of that. To yeah, I know. Do you know what? A lot of people don't realise that, but... I'm I'm similar in, yeah, in the I'm way, and a lot of people don't believe me on this. Yeah, me saying yeah, they'll be like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I went and did a, a uh, mental health course called Inner Armour. Yeah, and um, it takes you through these um, these questions, and it basically brings you out of yourself, gets mm. you talking about the stuff that you shouldn't be, you don't want to talk about, etc., mm. etc. Cetera, et cetera. And he sat there to me, and he went, uh, he went, Tommy, you know, you know, you're an introvert, don't you? Mm. I went, well, mm. I don't think anyone would agree with you on that. He went. No, I've, you're an introvert, mm. and you uh, you overcome that by becoming quite loud. Yeah, you'd be an extrovert at work. Yeah, and he went, and things that you're passionate about, you can talk about and, and all this, and I was like, yeah, I think you're quite... Because yeah. normally, like, if I don't know someone, I won't be able to go up and have a conversation with them. No, I'm not like that, yeah. I, I wouldn't go... I would, if, you, if you were at a bar, for example, I didn't know you, I'd go, I'd probably just go, oh, I'll just have a beer on my own. Yeah. Um, when my old man, on the other hand... He, he could go to the bar, bar and make fucking five new mates just by sitting in the pub. Yeah, I mean, I, I can. I can, if I have to mm. go into a situation, but I wouldn't choose to. Yeah. So the whole, like, yeah, what was that? I don't, how do we get onto that? So I don't like talking about myself or something. Yeah, because it's social media, because your social media is quite. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's actually very well made. Oh, do you like it? Yeah, Thanks. I think it's brilliant. Um, yeah, like I was, as I was saying, I was, in, I was in the background for years, but it was quite yeah. comfortable there. In the shadows, I'm yeah. not really interested in. I don't really care about fame or yeah, yeah, yeah. exposure. I'm not bothered by it. I know exactly what you mean. Um, 
if anything, it made me feel massively uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, because I think I was too bothered about people's opinion of me. Yeah. And I made the kind of decision I actually don't give a fuck now. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I think so I was, we're singing off the same song. Only the closest people, hmm. only those very, very few people, I actually will care what they think. Yeah. Anyone like past that, I really, it's just an opinion. It's not a mm. fact. Yeah, exactly. So I really don't care. It's, um, so yeah, I branded what I was doing. That's, yeah. that's the only reason I got social media. I don't even run it, really. Yeah. Like, I look on it occasionally. I, but Wrapped Up Fighting, only the name started in 2020. Yeah. Oh, so, I think it's brilliant. I really do. And no, I appreciate seeing, it. And seeing things, because most of the time, the trainer... And, and obviously hand wrapping and things like that. Yeah. Not many people understand no. it and, no. and, and, and see the, what the work the trainer does. Because obviously the main focus is the fire. Yeah, and it should be. And it should be because yeah. it's, it's his job, isn't it? You're, as a trainer or your staff, yeah. and you're selected to work, you know, by a fighter on a, you know, it might be a few fight basis or it might be long term. Yeah. You do get, you do deal with a lot. Um, you're probably the closest person after the fight. You, you don't fight, but you go through everything up and you just yeah, don't do yeah. that bit. You go through a lot, but yeah, I enjoy it most of the time. It's, um, it's got to be mixed emotions, like. So yeah, yeah, of course. And I'd like to get your take on this in a second, because um, I'll talk about this in a second, because obviously I'm quite good mates now with um, Mason Jones who's now fights in the UFC yeah and I've watched the last couple of his fights one of them didn't go his way uh, where, he, where he lost it was a very close fight second one was a should have been a no contest mm. I think it did get put down as a no contest he accidentally poked someone in the eye mm. unfortunately and but it, it's it's hard to watch because he's my mate yeah, 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 yeah. And you must build up these relationships with the fighters, and then you mm. see them in the fight. It's like oh, it's, they're like your children. Yeah, it's like, it's, it must be difficult to. Yeah, I mean, I, I it depends on the type of I guess coach you are. Like. I, suppose, I, yeah. I think um, for me, coaching is not just like holding a pair of pads or mm. going to the gym. It's it's the whole thing, making sure they're mentally all right, physically yeah. okay. Just doing everything, so yeah. I mean, I, I worry about them, I think about them day and night. I'd switch off from it sometimes. I'm very, like, really passionate about it. And I'm more excited to see the people I train fight than the scared, but I you'd have that natural anxiety when they fight, yeah. yeah That's horrible anxiety, I find. I think with boxing, where I'm used to seeing you know a lot of top sparring going on, and yeah, you're around that as well. If you know their capabilities, it's a lot different. But listen, as, as things press on, you're going to win or lose. And I always say it to them, it's just, you know, as long as they come out with their health or ass, all that really matters. It's yeah, just yeah. the business at the end of the day. You've just got to have your best go at it. But yeah, you do worry about them. Definitely. It must be, because um, obviously every fighter is going to be different on this as well. Mm. But the obviously you're going to be there for the highest of the highs mm. when they win. Then mm. they, and, and when I won, when I won my white collar fight, I've never been mm. higher. <laughs> like I won it, and I, I by knockout, I might add. For those that are listening, okay, uh, yeah, he was bigger than me as well. Mm. Fucking massive bloke, wasn't he? Mm. But he pissed me off because he had a burger before the fight, and it pissed me off. and I remember sitting there with uh, with the missus afterwards, and she was like, um, she was like, we. Were you ever worried about losing? I was like, I wasn't going down in front of the missus. I'm not going down. <laughs> but yeah, I've never, I was never on the, even the after do that we do, we went out to the beer cellar and got really fucking pissed. But I was ne I've never been so like, mm. on cloud nine, you might want to say. I've been fucking buzzing for weeks. Changed like that though. Exactly. And if I rewind to my fight in Bolton, I've never been so gutted. I, I was in fucking bits, mate. It was, I was sat in the, um, in the minibus on the way home, uh, I think I think the whole team lost. I think mm. I don't think any of us won the fight. And I remember phoning my brother, and I was just fuck. I just burst into tears. He's like, "Why are you crying?" I went, "Wait, I've just drained." Fucking, I went. Well, even walking, to, I knew I had a feeling I wasn't going to win that fight. 
because I was walking to the, the ring and I, my legs felt heavy anyway because mm. I basically had an adrenaline dump. I didn't know what that was. Mm. Mm. And I got there. I was like, then we were, I think there was five of us Air Force blokes versus God knows how many people out of different gyms in Bolton. And, mm. But yeah, I was like proper low. And mm. not one of the coaches from the Air Force team actually came over and was like, are you all right? They're not good coaches. No, nah, terrible coaches, mate. Terrible. And obviously each fight is different, but sometimes you need, even if they just come over and go, are you all right, by the way? Everyone needs that. Yeah, I think, and everyone needs a proverbial pat on the back too. Yeah, doesn't matter how tough you are, definitely. You know, and yet these these guys go through a lot. And to be honest, they don't really earn the money until they get to championship level. Yeah, true. You know, they they earn enough to probably just about live and cover their like not live well. No, it's 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 well, a lot of people have that perception, don't they, where they think it's all fucking high life. It's like hang um, on. people think I'm a millionaire. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I'm I'm definitely not. Yeah. But like, you don't earn money until you get to a certain level of yeah. business. So they're dealing with that. Um, they're dealing with the highs and lows. But then, I believe I'm the person that has to manage that for them. Yeah, like, like, With like the so. shepherd of the flock. Yeah. I like the way you said that. But yeah. I just look on my life experiences and what I've been through and the things I've overcome. And I use that as a tool in my armor. Because I, like yeah. I said to you, like, coaching isn't all about fancy pad combinations or you know what you do in the gym. It's multiple things. So one of my things as a coach is I'm very good at dealing with people's mental health. Yeah. Um, so I bring that to the table. If you're my fighter or if I'm working in a team with other coaches, you can ring me at four in the morning if you've got a problem. It's fine. You yeah. know? And I'm not gonna work, I'm not gonna not answer the phone. It's a priority. <coughs> it's something that is, you know, I'm not gonna say missing in this fault, but I think it's something that needs to become more apparent because I think, um yeah, I think just touching on that, I think it's missing in quite a, a few sports. I Look at looking at what's been going on in the Olympics and whatnot as well. It's tricky, you know, mental health in sport is, I think toxic masculinity is something that uh, shrouds it. Mm. And you've got to look at the facts. If you just spoke about boxing, you know, getting punched in the head for a living is probably going to have an effect on you (laughs) one way or another. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You know, Um, so yeah, I'll just check. I'll just always try and check they're right. Yeah, it doesn't hurt, you know, it doesn't hurt hurt to ask. And and it's one of those as well, though, isn't it? it's not hard to do. No, but a lot of them don't sometimes know how to take it. Yeah. Because I'm meant to be a boxer or a macho and nothing's a problem. Yeah. And really most most people, to be honest with you, and not just fighters, most people in boxing are hurting. Yeah. It's, it's a sport full of broken people in my experience. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Can see that. I don't think no normal, normal person gets into No, boxing. no, no. You've it's, got to be a bit weird. Yeah. To get punched in the head. Yeah, definitely, him. definitely. There's got to be something not quite right. And I think touching back onto what we started off from at the at the beginning, you tend to find some of the best boxes come from that sort of yeah broken yeah street kids, uh, street kids or troubled people. Oh, take AJ for example. Yeah, no, you know AJ, Shannon Courtney, yeah. Dylan White. You know, just look up the history, but. It's also saved a lot of people. Yeah. So it's a sport where if you do the work and if you're good enough, you get the results. Yeah. And also just, it, it makes you feel good as well. Like, yeah, I've never had harder training sessions than boxing mm. training sessions. I, I think, I think um, it's the hardest sport in the world. Yeah. I, th- I you, think I'd probably agree. Yeah. It, um, that means that I think a lot of fighting sports off. You know, I done, I didn't fight, but I practiced my Thai for years. Yeah, yeah. And when I went to Thailand, they beat the life out of me. Well, they're horrible. Oh, there. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I remember I actually used some of the, me- the, the methods when I come back. I learned out there. They um, condition with sticks. Yes, I was, I was, I was to build up all the scar tissue and kill the nerves and all that. Working with some lads a few years ago, put rounds of red, you just smack him a stump with a stick. So you just 
carrying and then we carry on jabbing him for for a while, but it really does finish. You see Pacquiao do it, doesn't he? With his with um I didn't Freddy. know that. I'm, I'm a big Pacquiao fan, I didn't know that. It makes sense, it's Filipino. I'm I'm sure I've seen it before where he's got they hit him with the with the sticks, especially around his abs. And I didn't know that. that. Yeah. There you go. But that, that that's some of the stuff that they do is it's different level. But yeah, I think fighting sports, I'd say, just they're, they're different to football and yeah, rugby and you know, fighting is different. You, you find uh, I haven't had any. I guess I have. I've had a, uh, a professional women's uh, football player on, but I've had a lot of fighters on. And as much as they are in a team, whether it's a fight camp or whatever, yeah, you're on your own. At the end of the day, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're you step into the into the ring or the octagon or, or whatever, and you're fighting the bloke opposite you. Yeah, I can't help it. Exactly. I can try and speak to you in the corner. Yeah, but I can't help you fight. I I, I couldn't even hear my corner. But that that <laughs> that's the thing in boxing that uh, at an elite level you you have to make sure yeah you practice because when you, when these guys fight you know it's like I compare it to if I'm a teacher at school and I teach you English or maths or whatever, I can only teach you stuff and you can do your homework. But if you fuck the exam up, yeah, that's not my fault. No, that's on. That's it on. is though. Normally in boxing, I'll get the blame. Yeah, most of the time they go. Yeah. Sure, for need a new coach. Yeah, well, in reality, I've seen that in a in a few top, know, top level. And listen, coaches are bottom of the barrel. We're replaceable, and that's how it is. You know, we're not treated very well. Yeah, they try to say it's, it's down to the strategy and, and all that. And, nah, it, and, just... and a lot of a lot of the time they'll go, well, the trainer didn't do this. He... Luckily, everyone I work with treats me very well. And, you know, and I'm in good teams and I don't have these problems. But it's always good. We even get, <laughs> yeah, I'm lucky. And we even get, you know, trainers get paid the least amount of money. You know, and we do the most work. We Yeah. That's... But it's just how it is. You know, you, you know. Yeah, it's one of those things. It is what it is. I'm... That's what I signed up for, and that's what you do. Yeah, and yeah, touching back on the uh, the old toxic mas- masculinity mm. and whatnot, and like you said, I'm yeah. a fighter, or I shouldn't be. Oh yeah, there's a lot of that. But that 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 chunk that that goes with a lot of different things, like like in the military, we'll take it down to to like my level. It's exactly the same, and um, mm. you find there's a lot. There's a lot of people now speak about it, mm. but still nothing gets done. I don't think a lot of people know how many options there are. I agree. Because I, agree. I don't feel like the government do enough. I also agree with that. <laughs> and I think that to touch on it from a male perspective, for example, you know, antidepressants work for one in 20 people. Did you know that? No, I didn't know There that. you go. So 20 people sit at the doctors, they might get some tablets. Might work for one of them. Yeah. Then the, you get a place maybe on a waiting list. By that time, the person could have killed themselves. We don't have testosterone replacement therapy on the NHS. That's horrendous. Go to the States, it's like that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. You pay for it, but I say it's like that in, you know, exposure-wise. Everyone knows about TRT. Yeah. The correlation between sorting your hormones out and anxiety and depression are just like one plus one. Yeah, yeah. Testosterone replacement should be... Um, Normalized because I bet you know about HRT. Yeah, yeah. We can get HRT. There you go. But have you been offered TRT? No. How old are you? 34. You should have it because you drop every year from 25. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. But the lack of knowledge and information. Yeah. I think with that as well, I think a lot of, like you said, the lack of knowledge and information is a huge thing, especially with things like TRT. Yeah. Because they'll go, what is it? Oh, it's testosterone. Steroids. Steroids. And they'll go, well, you can't have more. You don't need more. No, well, and I they think steroids. Yeah, and it's like, well, I do need it. It's <laughs> your prime hormones. Yeah, that you need as a man. Definitely. I know. I I, I spent many years as a bodybuilder. Yeah. So I know everything about hormones. Hence the reason I know about TRT. Hmm. Um, the reason why I know TRT is obviously through UFC and whatnot because hmm. it used to be accepted in hmm. the UFC, hmm. and then you see some of the fucking fighters, and you're like. Hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the thing is, they're, they're, they're just going different. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, drugs and sports, I don't agree with because they're just doing superhuman amounts of yeah. stuff that they don't need to do. But outside of the sporting, you know, situation, 
having your hormones regulated to the number they should be is fine. Yeah, yeah. Doing a load of stuff that you shouldn't do is not fine. No. But the exactly. mental health problem in, in general... No, I never fine. would have... Um, obviously, I know it's an imbalance in, in fucking hormones and whatnot with, with depression. So I was on... Um, I think my ones were steroline. Sertraline. Might have been sertraline. Yeah. It's either ster- sterling or sertraline. Sertraline or something like that. I've um, heard of it, that's yeah. what I was on. And if I'm honest, they, they made me numb. So... Well, that's good for the NHS, isn't it? Yeah. Shut up then. Yeah, exactly. That's basically what happened. I was numb. But not only that, like, I know the missus won't be saying this, but other things got affected. Yeah, but they will. And I was like, like, my fucking libido went down. When we did do things, things didn't want to fucking work properly. And then going to make you feel And I was good. like, and then literally we'd, we'd be up in, in the bedroom, I'd finish, it, or not finish, should mm. I say. Mm. <laughs> and then it was, and then it was like, and then I'd I'd be fucking upset and disappointed and fucking take it out on her and, and get TRT and blah blah blah. But I st- I stopped taking them and, and like an idiot I did it the wrong way. I was like I'm not being reliant on mm. little white tablets anymore, so I just stopped. Yeah. Took me a while to get over that because obviously I had to flush out my system properly and I was an asshole for a good couple of weeks. But then oh yeah I haven't I haven't I've been off them now for. Probably almost a year. You know, there's other things. Yeah, but you don't get told that either. So you know it, it, I do know now. But it's one of the price of a cup of coffee a day. Yeah, it's cheap. Because yeah, if I didn't have this conversation, I wouldn't have known that. I would have. I would have just. You go to you know, the right people privately. Mm. It probably costs you a thousand pound for the year. Mm. What's that over three hundred sixty-five days? I don't know. I'm really good at maths. Like one, <laughs> I don't think it's, I think it, is, it is just like buying a, a drink every day. Yeah. But if you regulate your hormones, yeah, yeah, those problems can decrease. I'm not saying they will, but I just think mental health in general in this country is completely fucked. Oh, it is. Yeah. And like you said, government, oh, it fucking winds me up a little bit because they they talk the talk. Right? They're full of shit, man. And they, yeah, they are. And it's the same as what I had a, a, a mental resilience coach on a, a few weeks back. And he made a very good point. We're all aware now. Yeah. They've done enough yeah. on, on telly adverts and, and whatnot. Yeah. Everybody is mental health aware now. You'd like to think. But that's it. It's like, now what? I think a lot of people, there's a lot of an anxiety pandemic as well, isn't there? Yeah. Everyone's got anxiety, but everyone will look. I think people are aware, and I feel like a lot of people get upset about natural human emotion. Yes. Because we're all going to be happy, sad, anxious, excited. I don't know how many emotions there are, but they're natural reactions. Yeah. If you stab yourself in the hand with a knife, it will hurt, pain. If a car comes crashing through the window, you're gonna have fear. Oh, fucking not. <laughs> when, when you won your boxing fight, you had excitement. Yeah, yeah. You know, all these things. Yeah. Right. So when you feel anxious, that's all right. Yeah. But I had anxiety so bad, I just Jesus Christ, I didn't have to deal with it. Yeah. I dealt with it on my own. And that's not a big at night, no friends, family members, but I wasn't very good at like explaining what it was. No, I, I know what you mean by that as well. I was just like, I, I had a bit of an anxiety attack a few weeks back with, um, we were, fucking, where were we? Well, we're, in, we're in Maidstone in the, in the mall, as they call it. Yeah, yeah. Not a mall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we went into uh, Blendini, I think it was. Mm. The girls wanted a fucking milkshake and whatnot. Mm. There wasn't even that many people in there, mate. Mm. But I was in there and I was like, for some reason I got really hot. I started pacing about and Kate was going, I was like, I really don't know, but I need to get out of here because I'm getting fucking... I felt like that when I went to Blue Water and yeah. I don't go shopping, by the way. Yeah. There was people everywhere. I was like, I'm to break. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, I don't know. But I didn't know that. And so I was like, oh. I was getting like anxious. I was like going, right, Kate, I need to get out of here because I'm getting hot. That's okay, though. Yes, but you just think, but it's just all right. I mean, you've got to just think, 
it's just the anxiety. But it's, yes, it's one of those. Why don't we address it as like the be all and end all of like, oh, I'm anxious now, I'm fucked. Yeah, because that, that's how you're basically told, isn't it? I think because of awareness, because yeah. awareness is like, oh, anxiety's here. Yeah. How do you deal with it? Yeah. I think one of the things that helped me deal with anxiety and depression, I've had depression. Mm. I've been clinically diagnosed with a few things. OCD, anxiety, depression. Oh, you know, I've had all that. But one of the things that helped me was um, understanding my subconscious mind. Yeah. Do you know much about it? Not too much, but... The simplest way I have it is I always think my conscious mind's at the front, subconscious yeah, yeah, yeah. at the back. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, you think of a library you went to as a kid or anything, or do you guys, I don't know, you might go to one now. Can you see it? You're talking to me. Yeah, can you see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see a library, yeah. Right. Can you, Never went in there. Right. <laughs> you can see that. You yeah, see yeah. a cinema? Yeah. Right. What can you see in the library? Fucking books everywhere, aren't they? Yeah, and in the cinema, what can you see? You can see the screen. Right. You can see. Depends where you sat. Yeah. So, <laughs> your subconscious mind is like a library and a cinema, I think because you get um, pieces of information that pop up and you get visuals that pop up. Yeah. Uh, it's most active, I think, when you're asleep. Yeah. You dream. Yeah, of course. I have weird dreams and you think, oh, what do they mean? Well, I'm mad, mad stuff. Constantly, I've, I've got some good dreams. Right. <laughs> and you wake up, uh, might think about them, they can fade, but then through the day, you'll have more things yeah. that pop up. So it's like a free ticket to the cinema and a free library card, right? You see the library you think about or the cinema, the books are on something in the library, aren't they? What are they on? What's the books on in the library? Not for me. Yeah. Not the subjects. What are they actually sitting on? Oh, they're sitting on a shelf. Right. And what's the movie playing on? On the screen. So I think the subconscious mind is no different to the screen and the shelves in the library. It's a support system for things it don't understand. Because the screen and the, the shelf in the library in the cinema don't know nothing about the books or the movie, does it? No. At all. There's no way that shelf knows about that. Doesn't. No, it doesn't just no, 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 I see what you mean, yeah. Do you get it? Yeah, yeah. So when these things pop up... I'm stealing this, by the way. No? I'm stealing this. Go for it. <laughs> so when these things pop up, they're just replaying. Yeah, yeah. Or showing you stuff. But it doesn't know what they are. It's a storage system. So when you go out every, every day and you look at the, you look for these and you use this, you see new things, you hear new things, it puts more stuff in there. Over time, you've got like a massive portfolio of information. Yeah. So it's going to start replaying. But your, your conscious mind decides what you do with it. So when something pops up in your mind that's bad, PTSD in the army, yeah. something that happens wherever, it doesn't mean anything anymore. No. In present time, because it's just a memory, isn't it? Or yeah. it's just a thought that exists. It's not a definite. So when I, when thoughts pop up that make us anxious, like I might be sitting there thinking, he might stab me with that knife in a minute. He might, he might. Might, yeah. Doesn't mean you're going to, does it? <laughs> I hope. No. But if I just keep <laughs> focusing on that, well, I, lo I lose the present moment. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it sounds confusing, but what I'm trying to say is subconscious thoughts if you control them with a conscious mind and you make decisions, you just think, oh, it's just a fault. Yeah, just yeah. sweep it away and deal what's in front of you. You can live in the moment a bit more. Yeah. Because yeah. I think we spend so much time in the past or in the future. Yeah, yeah. And then the, this thing we got now just gets fucked. Because that, that, that's, the, that's the main... Uh, I got... I, I thought that at the um, Innerama course I did. Obviously, mm. depression, uh, PTSD, those sorts of things. Mm. That's, that's history. That's history. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, that's locked away. Yeah. That's stuffed back there and it likes to pop up every now and then mm. and try and annoy you. And then obviously anxiety is mm. you worrying about things in the future. Yeah. So you're always, especially if you suffer with bad mental health issues, you tend to swing from the fucking past and then in the future. And you're like, and like you just said. What you lose? The present. And then you're not, yeah. Right, but you also might think, if I say to you, these things don't matter anymore, you might think, oh, fuck yourself. What do you mean it doesn't matter? I've been through this. I've been through that. It's not that it doesn't matter. Of course, they, things matter. Yeah, it's just yeah. that it doesn't matter present day now. No, it doesn't matter now. Because yeah, all you've got is now. That stuff's not doing you no favours. And the amount of stuff that I missed 
missed out with, with especially with the girls, was um, was because I was too focused on on the past. Me too. And yeah, I've done the same. And that, fuck shit up that way. Yeah, definitely. Push and, people away. Yeah, that was my that was my main thing. Yeah, I've done that. And like you, like you asked um, before we hit record about the difference between what I did and what I do now. Yeah. And the main thing for for a lot of servicemen, and I'll speak through my from my opinion through my eyes, was that my main thing for my depression was the fact that I had a loss of self. Yeah, of course that must be and, really um, hard there. And and for a lot of servicemen, I'll, I'll I'll speak as a as a as a broad spectrum. You wake up every morning, and you're putting on uniform. That's my old uniform in mm. the army. Putting that on, you go into the hangar, you start your day, and then it's little things like you you go out, you go out to the bar. Someone asks you what you do for a living. You go, oh, I'm a soldier in in, in the forces. All yeah. oh, right, you've been away. Like you asked me, you've been yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I've been to Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah. And then fast forward to now, and I'm head of security. Yeah. But still, it's like someone asks it, and it's like. Yeah, you feel hero to zero. I'm a, I'm a fucking security. No, you, you go, you feel hero yeah. to zero, don't you? Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's not the reality, is it? No. And that's what a lot of, um, especially veterans, need to realise. Even boxers, to some yeah. extent. You, you've done, still be proud of all that. Of course, man. Like I said to you before you start recording it, I, I didn't know the boss do you done. But I admire people like you, I really do. And it's just, I, I, I also drive a black cab. And the amount of people, thank you, the amount of people I see who've done your job at night, homeless. Yeah, that's a pandemic in itself. That, I mean, the amount of them I've given my dinner to, I just give them to, I give them money, I do what I can actually. You know, there's a Scottish bloke called Michael, I hope he's still there, you know, near near the Charlesbury Avenue Theatre, you see him all the time, ex-service man. Even when we was demonstrating the black cats, they are giving leaflets out. They're just so fucked up. They end yeah. up together on the pavement. It's like they're on the trenches outside again. Yeah, yeah. So sad, do you know what it's, I mean? It's, um, yeah, it's you sad. haven't had enough fun, I think when you come home, you should be given a house. This is my honest thing. I, I think once you've, once you've done what you've done, you should be given a house, be given a salary for the rest of your life and be looked after. But unfortunately, it ain't that way. I, I agree in some some extent. You know I, mean? like, I, I literally before you arrived, <coughs> I was on um on Facebook standard, mm. and I saw my um, me mum's husband was on there, mm. um, and he's just he's just um had his state pension stuff come through. Mm. He's also a I think he did twenty two years or maybe even more than that in the in the army, served mm. in Northern Ireland, etc. Mm. etc. And um, he gets taxed. Next. So I think it was a hundred and something pound a week or whatever, or a month, or whatever, I can't remember. It was a hundred and something pound that he got from state pension alongside his military pension. Mm. And he gets taxed 83 pounds of this hundred and something. Why is he paying tax? It's mad, isn't it? But why? So he's done how 22 years? Yeah. For his, his yeah. country. Is that not enough tax? Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. They're though. just cunts. Sorry, yeah. I, I don't no, you know. could say that. I yeah. just cunts. They make me sick. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You'd see on 22 years why these upper class cunts sit at home talking bollocks. Yeah. And then he has to pay 83% back to them. Yeah. That's where all the tax goes, don't you? Oh, yeah. Honest. It goes on their fancy dues and whatnot. But yeah. I saw, I saw, um, I saw something Facebook related again, talking about politicians and that. Mm. And one of my uh, best mate's mums posted something about Boris and put. He's a liar, etc. I was like, yeah, cool. And I just put underneath a picture of Tony Blair and I went, well, this guy's a war criminal. Do you know what? <laughs> Do you know what? I, I don't vote. You know? No. I try... Occasionally to spoil the ballot paper and vote for none of the above. But I can't be fucked, to be honest, because I don't feel yeah. like I live in a world that is they care. I don't think my vote counts. No, I, I, I'm starting to get to that point. I usually vote... I'm not going to say what I'd normally vote yeah. for, but I feel very let down every, every yeah, single fucking yeah, time. Because they promise you stuff. And like, like I was saying to you earlier, you know, I see them do, do things like socially cleanse um, 
poor areas in London. Yeah. That youth, those youth clubs and the youth club I spoke about where the guys who worked in there helped my personal development growing up, they'd rip that out to build flats in that no one can afford. What the fuck am I going to work for these people for? Yeah. I'm not interested. My, my thing is this, to be honest, mate. I get out every day. I do my best. I'll help anyone. And then I, I try and finish the day by surviving. And then I wake up and I just go again. I, I don't partake in yeah. the news. I don't. I try not to watch the news. I don't vote. Yeah. I don't. I just try and be a good person. I think being a good person is better than doing any of the other shit. Because I think if, I, if this last year or so has taught us anything, is that these fuckers are full of shit. Oh, definitely. You definitely. know what I mean? I, I said that basically from the fucking fucking start, mate. Um, and how many people are fucking probably killing themselves because of debt right now? Yeah, debt and being, and especially, yeah, especially, especially fucking debt. Um, but even like we've been talking for the quite a majority of this with the mental health and shit, mm. those that got locked away and put in lockdown they live on their own. Old people, especially. Yeah. Any people, but you know, yeah, old, old people. people. Yeah. On their own. All this stuff oh. about you can't see this one, you can't see that one. Yeah. It was all I, a load of bollocks, I think. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I've been saying that from the from the start. I'm, I'm, I never said that it wasn't a fake fucking virus. Oh, that's no, true. I've had it. Yeah. Did you have it? No, I've just had it. had it. Yeah, I had it. It was nasty. <laughs> it was hard. But the whole thing, you know, it's just a bit odd to me. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's gone on, especially with that fucking dickhead they got caught out cheating on his missus. Um, <laughs> Matt Hancock. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. there's so much shit that, like, Mate, it's they, they, they've caught him out on that, but nobody said a word when he's doing all these fucking dirty deals with the NHS and this fucking... They're, fuck it. they're just, they're, like I said, they're cunts. They do what they want. That's why I don't partake in it. 3% pay rise for the fucking NHS as well. There you go. That's what I mean. This is the thing. That's why, like, my my, I try and correct my own reality. Yeah. Just try and just do my own stuff. I don't really. I'm happier that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know. I know what you mean, mate. You just... And people get oh, when they get in my cab, I've had people like, oh, must, you, Brexit. Do you vote in or out? You must love conversations. Listen. <laughs> I, oh, you must vote. <laughs> really? <laughs> why is that? Then? Yeah. Oh, because you must. No, I haven't. I'll do whatever I like. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, did you vote in or out? Neither. It's not. They don't know what to say. No. Like I'm not socially fucking programmed. No. Oh, I must do this. I must do that. I must go to work nine to five. <laughs> Bollocks. What's the point in that? Yeah, exactly. I'm. I, I'm probably half dead anyway. I'm going to start listening to these people. Nah, I'm interested in that. Mate. Nah. It's, it's it's fucking tough, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So going to your black cab now. I yeah, yeah. I love the fact you drive a black cab. Yeah. Is it in London that you were driving about? Yeah. It's quite hard though. I got lost uh, in London all the fucking time. <laughs> uh, no, that bit's easy. I was, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I'm not about my own drunk here, but I was always good at it. Like, so a fake taxi written on the side of it. No comment. Because <laughs> I, I grew up in London, I had a good German understanding. Yeah, yeah. Studying it, um, I realised. I didn't because the way they make you learn it is yeah the knowledge you know about the knowledge i've, I've heard like bit like this so you're there and i'm here but it's more formal you have a desk and a map yeah i walk in and you ask me four questions each question is a place to a place and i have to tell you how to get from a to b across that map you do that over a course of exams um the examiner um decides your fate doesn't matter how well you've done there's like 10 examiners um, of all the different personalities. You don't know who you're going to see until we go up there. It's like waiting in the dentist's changing room, changing room, dentist's waiting room. Don't yeah. usually get changed at the dentist, but yeah, go on. There you go. Um, <laughs> and yeah, then they just fucking put you through it. I think the knowledge is probably the hardest thing I ever did. I'd rather yeah. fight Anthony Joshua than the knowledge again. The knowledge is really... He punches really hard. I'd rather take one on the chin. It is really, really, really hard. Yeah. It was mentally hard i was bodybuilding at the time yeah and i don't think it helped I was going up there i could hardly do my collar up on my shirt 
<laughs> and it was like, you know, thick neck. Yeah, big, big neck, like big staff. Like fucking Mike Tyson neck. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, that didn't help me. So their perception of me was one thing, but then the yeah. reality is different. I wasn't an arsehole. But it taught me, do you know, knowledge taught me a lot about myself. A lot. And there was one guy in particular, there was two, but the one bloke, I remember there was a bloke called Mr. Swire. And he was, um, he was one of the like the senior examiners. And I'd had, I failed my first five exams in a row. Yeah. Right, slaughtered. Um, I went up there and I remember I, I said to her, I said, if I don't pass today, I'm giving up. And even now I don't give up. I can't imagine me saying that now. Yeah. And I went in and I remember this bloke, he asked me these four questions. You know how big a London map is? Yeah, yeah. It was from corner to corner, like they were fucking massive. Anyway, smashed these four questions out of the park. But didn't realise that until he told me like that. He said, I don't know um, what these other examiners see. He talks like that. He said, I don't know what these other examiners see, sir. Yeah, he's got like a mad list. <laughs> sure, but you can score me today. I fucking burst into tears. Yeah. And every time I see him, he put me through it. He's like, he's a human computer. I remember he said yeah. to me, you like working out, sir? I was like, yeah. He said, anything else you like doing? I said, I like boxing. Um, I liked jujitsu when I was a kid. Didn't find out until afterwards. He was like a black belt or something in jujitsu. He said, who taught you jujitsu? I said, didn't do it for long. Like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. um, I said, a bloke called George. He went, you grew up in the Elephant Castle. He said, George Andrews, Marble Factory. I was like, how the fuck does he know this? He started asking me places because the exam starts by them asking you one place. Yeah. So they might say to you, Granite Zero podcast, you say Cork Street. Yeah. Right? If you don't know it, he'll pick another one. Do you understand? Yeah. He yeah. was picking things up where I grew up that I didn't even realise were there. Man. But anyway, long story short, I got lost in the knowledge there. <laughs> yeah, he he really fucking he he made me I remember each stage I went through. When I saw him, he, he gave me the, the goodwill to carry on. And the knowledge helped me so much. Yeah. And I had the hardest examiner, Mr. Mark Gunning, his name is. I had him at the start and I had him at the end. And I remember, I remember saying to him right afterwards, do you have to call him sir or mom? Yeah. I said, sir, he said, you can call me Mark now. I said, I'm not going to do that. I was call you sir. I said, what? Why did I? Because they put me through. I've worked really hard at it. Like, yeah. And I was... I don't sound good at many things. I was good at it. I went to the school to study at Ivy, but I got absolutely smashed to pieces every time I went up there. I remember I just said to him, why, why did that happen to me? He said, you weren't ready for it. He said, you weren't mentally capable enough. And you were too angry with yourself and all this stuff to be a cab driver. And he was right. Yeah. So it was such a good thing that they done for me. That's awesome. Yeah, they had... So they, they, it's like they saw that there's potential. Yeah, but you are not ready yet. To, yeah, yeah. We yeah. need to make you, you know what I mean? We need to make yeah. sure that you, you know, you're ready. And they did. It taught me a lot. After doing that, honestly, I don't think I'd give up on anything. But driving a cab's nice. Like you meet a lot of nice people. You make some assholes, but yeah. they're very easy to deal with. Yeah. They're normally posh boys who have too much to drink. <laughs> um, yeah, no, cab's good. It's good, but it is. But it is. I ain't been good the last year or so. No, obviously but yeah, not. No, but it's all right. It's good. I enjoy it. So I'm, I'm proud to drive a cab, to be honest. Yeah, especially especially that type of cab as well. They're yeah. like iconic, and they. I've got the last one ever made. Genuine. Yeah, before they, they made the electric one. You seen that? Yeah. No, I haven't seen that. There's a new TXE, I think it's called. Um, the TX4 is a traditional model, so it was 300 made. I've got the number 300. I, I, you've got to see it. It's well, the last London cab ever well, made. There you go. There's one that made the new one. Yeah, but now it's um, it's a good job. Yeah, it's just fucking tiring. I bet it is. I bet it could be quite draining as well. Well, if you if you're working in boxing in the morning, yeah, and you have a few hours in the afternoon to yourself, then I'll probably work from like three o'clock in the afternoon now till two in the morning. So yeah, it's, it's tiring, but it could be worse, couldn't it? You know what I mean? Could be yeah, laying it could, brick, be. could be a brick layer or a fucking yeah. scaffold up. Right for real work. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> driving around talking about uh, Yeah, the, the Mrs. Cousin is a he's a he's doing our garden. Yeah. He's a landscape and that's our Yeah, looking at that, I was like, fuck that motion. Yeah. I can barely do anything unless it involves a hammer. Why do you be a cab driver? Uh, you, 
I got, I got the knowledge. It's never too late. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. One thing I do want to quickly touch on before we um, yeah, close off. What do you personally make of these YouTubers now fighting? Uh, boxing is a business. Yeah. And it's an entertainment business. People like to see knockouts. Yeah, they do, yeah. <laughs> and there is a place for it. I'm not saying I entertain you. Yeah. I would, though. Wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, you offer someone Mimi, millions of pounds. Yeah, me and my brother had this conversation. Like, uh, me and my brother had this conversation the other day, and it's like, I don't like it because because obviously you got fucking fighters that are coming up through the ranks that are really trying to make their fucking then you get there's a reason I don't like it. I mean, some guy that comes out of fucking Disney Channel. I don't mind that. The problem I have with this is I understand it. I would entertain it if I was them. You've got to earn your money in life. Yeah. Someone's gonna offer you millions of quid, millions of pounds, millions of whatever, you're gonna take it. But I do feel sorry for these fighters. And like I said to you, that, you know, they ain't earning no money so they come to championship level. Pardon me. I do feel sorry for these like working their fucking bollocks off who have to see this. Yeah. And you could say to them, yeah, work harder. I understand, but it'd be different if they were on you know, the same money as, you know, young footballers are. Yeah. Academy footballers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These are on fuck all. So, because when you get signed by, you know, a big promotional company, no names, but some of the biggest in boxing, they say, right, Tom, oh, yeah, boom, sign you up, there you go, done. You get nothing. You don't get signing on for you, like in football. Yeah. You get nothing. So then, why it annoys me is these people land in front of me or other trainers, and they say, oh, could you train me? But I don't have any money. Yeah. And then when they fight, I'm entitled to 10%. So they might fight four grand, it's 400 quid. Yeah. And it's start, they, so that problem is annoying and you do see people earning millions of pounds. So yeah, there's they're, they're, they're the two sides of it. So it don't like, I'm not bothered by it, but I understand why it's annoying. Yeah, you can, I can see why. Do you know what I mean? I can see why like. I see why the, the boxers are really yeah, like. Yeah, I can see that. And then you can see. But then like, I know they'd all do, they'd all jump on it. Yeah. if, if you see a lot of um, lo not, not lower level, mm. but we'll, we'll take Fury's brother for example. Yeah, Tommy. He's a, what? He's had what? Mm. Eight fights. Eight fights. I don't know his record. Yeah, yeah he hasn't had many, has he? No. But he's like, well, I'll fight fucking Jake Paul. But I don't blame him. I'm, fine. I'm sure you would. Yeah, but and you'll probably beat him. Every boxer, but like, I think all of them. Would. Yeah, but it's like Jake Paul's not going to go. I'm going to fight Tommy Fury. Yeah, I mean, it's he's going to go. I'm going to fight Ben Askren, yeah. who is a UFC fighter, fantastic record within within uh, MMA because he's a wrestler. He mm. can take you down. Mm. He's, probably, he's got probably the worst boxing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, it's, like a it's, just, it's like a pantomime. Yeah. Well, oh, I saw. I actually watched a bit of that on. Um, I think it was on the Zone or whatever it was. Yeah. And I watched a bit of it. And it was just, it was Justin Bieber singing. They had fucking Snoop Dogg doing the commentary, and I was like, "What does Snoop Dogg know about boxing?" Everyone really? knows everything about boxing. Yeah, they no. do. They do. Everyone's a fucking pro. Everyone's a pro trainer. Everyone's a pro fighter. But it's just like, you know what? If you can get on and make the money, good luck. It's like it's just it's it is getting a bit much now. Like everyone's fighting everyone. Yeah, I think it will die down on like a certain level. So. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So you've got some proper fights obviously coming up. You've got AJ versus Usyk. Oh yeah, yeah. That'd yeah. be a good fight, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 uh Usyk, he's dead behind your eyes, isn't he? He's he's scary fucking I think he's a problem for any of them. Yeah, he's he's dead. He's he's dead behind your eyes. He's a killer. He um <laughs> he when he fought when he fought um Tony Bellew, I was like, oh, 
That's the only way I can describe that. Do, like, do you know when I knew he was ready for the heavyweight division? When he fought Derek. Hmm. Did you watch the Derek Shaw fight? I think I did, yeah. It wasn't that long ago. And I was in the, the yes, camp I did. with Derek. And I'd watched what he was doing to sparring partners and I'd seen like how capable, and everyone knows how capable Derek is, but um, I was basically in there because a guy that I helped Dean White train, IP fought up, was sparring with him. So I thought he was down there and I, I was dead certain he was going to beat the life out of you. And he, I think he did like an amazing job in that fight, but for Usyk to withstand the unforgiving yeah. forward fighting of Derek Chisora and hurting in the seventh round, I was very impressed. So if he can do that to Derek, he can do it to any of them. Yeah. You know, and all respect to Derek, you know, he's, he's still a tremendous fighter. It's like he's got better with age, I believe. Yeah, he's, he's one of those that's as he's got. People have got this thing, oh, when you get old, no, I think Derek's got better. Yeah. You know, uh, I think he won his last fight against Parker as well. That was, that was really yes. upsetting to watch that. Uh, it yeah, just goes, me, it just uh, goes to show yeah, what, fucking, that. what people are like in boxing. They just yeah. fucked him. You know? um, um, it's, it's like a fucking Dana White says in the UFC, you don't leave it in the hands of the judges. Obviously, sometimes you've got to. You've got to knock these guys out. But, but sometimes... If you're, not, if you're not the favourite or the online, yeah. you've got to knock these fuckers out. And because Derek didn't knock him out, yeah, yeah. they give him the fight. But what was I saying to you? Usyk, yeah, when he fights AJ, unless AJ knocks him out, I don't think he'll win. Really? Yeah, AJ probably will knock him out, I think. But if he doesn't, if it, yeah, we, I can't, I don't think AJ is as capable in his movement. He's not naturally as well adapted as Usyk as that. I've, I've said that to a few of my mates, and they've said, um, like, oh, AJ's fucking brilliant. I was like, yeah, but he's quite rigid. He's that type of guy, yeah. He's a tremendous boxer for that yeah. type of boxer. He's, he's a great boxer, but it's just like, it's not a personal thing. It's just like, when I look at it, I think, okay, if you're up against that guy, unless you do this, yeah, in yeah. my only, it's only my opinion. Yeah. If you don't knock him out, I don't think you've got a good chance of winning because of how much frequency and volume and execution music has got in his repertoire. Yeah. You know, he, he's he's so slick and his movement is so unorthodox. Someone as bulky and big as AJ will probably find that difficult. I want AJ to win, but I just think yeah. unless he knocks him out, it's tough. The thing is with Usyk, he does get caught. Yeah. He has mm. got a chin. Took a lot of Derek. Oh, you've got to reference that. If he catches a right hand off of um, Andy Joshua, no, he ain't going to get up. No. AJ hits hard. They punch for a brick wall. But it'd be, I'm really interested to see that, more, more so than I am the Fury fight. Yeah, I, I was a bit upset by that. It just because, obviously, they were building up for this big super fight. Mm. And then, obviously, Wilder did his thing where he, he was like, well, I've got a rematch clause. Mm. But, well... Fair one, you've got to be back for It's not one of those trilogies that I'm excited to see. The but people will pay for it. Yeah, they will. You are right. It's, um, it's just business, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it doesn't generate as much interest just no, through the fact that everybody knows that Fury won the first fight. Yeah, the thing is that you remember but again. It's one of those, isn't it? Like the longer they 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 prolong him fighting AJ. Yeah. The more anticipation they build and the more money gets them. That's all it is. You know, because exactly. after that, I mean, who does AJ and AJ and, and um Fury don't need to fight anyone else really, do they? No. Like what I mean, might fight a YouTuber. Might do. Probably get paid more money. Probably well not get... more, but they're gonna get a, I don't know how much they're gonna get fighting each other. I've heard ridiculous numbers. Yeah, I've heard some silly numbers, but you've probably heard sillier numbers. Yeah, you? but it's just like you know. That fight, the trilogy fight, they'll do that and, you know, a nice wage off that and then go on and fight each other twice. Maybe three times. Yeah, depending on it, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's difficult for the rest of the division. You know, you have people like Dylan White waking, waiting such a long time. Um, he's done tremendously down his career. Yeah, right. considering how, like, he's not been fighting that long either, is he? No, I think he only had 10 amount of fights. Yeah. He's done really well. You know, Derek's had a great career. 
Now you've got Yusik in that division. Daniel Dubois is like I'm still an up-and-coming fighter in that division. Joe Joyce has come back on to do really well. I didn't see his fight the other night. No, I need to. I need to watch that. But yeah, there's, there's plenty of good fights to be had in boxing, yeah. but like this, the whole Fury thing, it, it bores me a bit. Like I think, yeah, you know, I know what, what you lot are doing. Like you're just going to prolong it until, yeah. until the money goes up and up and up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Indeed, mate. Indeed. Well, Danny, I've enjoyed this. Yeah. I could probably go for even longer, but <laughs> yeah. I know that. You just call me back another time. Oh, well, right? I, know, I know for a fact that they'll start moaning. You said you were going to be an hour or so. Yeah, they've got to get your dinner on. Oh, it's not the longest I've done. I've done like three and a half hours before. Like, How long have you been doing that? Uh, oh, cool. Done. <laughs>